This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena, no my kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata O Manawatu. It is a Monday morning, the start of a new week. Um, optimism? Possibly. Who knows? Uh, but someone that. Can inspire some optimism in me occasionally. Uh, Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion. Good morning to you. Kia ora. Um, no, I, 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 people know. I think more than not, we record these on a Friday, mm. and the landscape is um, changing. It is rapidly. It is. So God knows what happened with the protests over the weekend. God mm. knows what happened with Ukraine over the weekend. Um, I, <laughs> um, but we're here to talk fielding and district promotion. Mm. Although I have to say, um, the, the the protest in Wellington uh, seems to be thinning out. But mm. I have noticed uh, small groups popping up. Uh, I, I saw them, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday. There was a group of six protesters uh, on the corner of Rangitiki and Grey Street in mm. Palmerston North mm. uh, doing their thing. Uh, is there anti-mandate sentiment in fielding? Yes, there is. There is all over the country, but um, on a very small scale. Mm. Uh, so we did have some protesters outside the information centre last the week before last in the beginning of this week, um, but the, they have moved along. Mm. So there were there's very few of them around. I mean, there's obviously more and more discussion around mandates, but with the change last uh, on Thursday, night at midnight yes. to um, the isolation periods and the close contacts. I think that's kind of appeasing people now. It's a little bit – it was very, very confusing yes. uh, prior to that as to who, what you were supposed to do if you were a close contact and then it sounded like you're going to be at home for months on end. Yes. Um, now if it's just your household, it just makes it a little bit more simple. Yes, uh, and the rapid antigen tests. Uh, I have experienced one now, um, the do-it-yourself – it's basically a do-it-yourself PCR because you've mm. still got a swab, you just don't have to jam it quite so far Tickle up. Tickle your brain. Yes. Um, and yeah, they, they did say, they, you feel a little bit like a science person, which I'm <laughs> a, science per- a scientist. <laughs> there you go. That's how much of not a science person I am. Um, but do, if you have symptoms, uh, do get to a testing station. They will, it appears, uh, they will more than likely give you a rapid antigen test. Mm. Now, um, the woman at the testing station asked me, she said, you're not part of um, the Defence Force or anything? I went, no, no, no. She went, right, rat tests. Mm. So the PCRs are being used sparingly and for those frontline critical mm. services, mm. I think. Um, which NPR is is um, defined as, but we have not pulled that lever yet. Mm. I think that's a little unnecessary. Mm. I think there are far more deserving organisations than us. Um, so looking at fielding district promotion, um, events obviously being cancelled left, right and centre, mm-hmm. but some things and some of the smaller things and some of the important things can either go ahead or pivot. Yes, wow, it's our favourite word. Yeah, three minutes in. Um, and one of the pivoting events is the Fielding Agricultural High School Centenary. Is yes. that, that's the name of it, isn't it? So it, was, it used to be called Fielding Agricultural High log- School. Because the logo is still FAHS, It is it? because Freiburg High School. So uh-huh. we are now just fielding 
building high school. Right. Um, but, yeah, we do still have the acronym. But it still has a farm, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It has two farms. Yeah. Yes, and, and the agricultural um, department is one of the biggest in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's the draw card for a lot of students. But not every student at Fielding High School does agriculture. No, some of them <laughs> play sports. They do, and or they play musical instruments, yes. or they do art. There's lots of different opportunities. It, their high school is now 1,800 children. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, Fielding is growing. It is huge. Yep. Because some kids do still uh, commute as well, don't they, yes. to Palmerston North? Yes. So, to, yeah. For, yeah. Mm. yeah it's a, it, mm. So, 100 years yeah, of Fielding High School, but there, I'm assuming there was going to be a large physical event. But mm. It's actually 101 years now because right. all of this was planned for last year. Right, and postponed. And, um, and so the, the Centenary Committee have been working on this for years. Uh, they've got a really great network of um, uh, old people Old boys and girls. Yes. Um, Can you say all girls? Uh, because all boys is going to, yeah, but all girls. Um, seems alumni? Bit. Yes. Is that a better I, word? Yes. That's a better word. Yes, yes. Uh, that have been working on this for a long time and um, they can't, they really didn't want to keep putting it off. So they have partnered with the Coach House Museum and Fielding and they have gone virtual. So this, you would have just missed it because it was in the weekend. Uh, there's a virtual event, but I'm pretty sure you can go back online and have a look at that now. Yeah. Uh, and then the Coach House Museum has an exhibit there with all sorts of memorabilia from the um, Fielding High School over the last 100 years. And they also have some charity auctions going uh, where you can bid for um, old rugby jerseys and photos and all sorts of different interesting things. So why why go to the Coach House for a virtual event? So they've also got an exhibit there. So the virtual okay, event right. was um, some speakers. Mm-hmm. So um, they've had a, a range of different people. So the, the mayor, Helen Warboys, she went to Fielding High School. She was one of the speakers um, and, and a range of other ex-pupils and, and current staff. Uh, so that part of the event would have been the gala dinner or the, you mm-hmm. know, the event where there's all the speakers. Uh, and then they have the exhibit as well. Fair enough. So people hopefully will be able to revisit that this week. Um, it's I'm going a... for about six weeks. Okay, right. Yeah, so you can uh, check that out at the Coach House uh, Museum, but also have a look online. I'm sure if there are any links, they will be on fielding.co.nz. Yes, indeed. Um, or, of course, Fielding High School, I'm sure, will mm-hmm. be tooting it from the rooftops. Um, you mentioned just before there the, the move to Phase 3. Um, the interesting thing about Phase 3 for me is that um, if you are a con- confirmed case, you and the people whom you live with have to isolate. Mm. Um, If you are a close contact, you just monitor for symptoms. Mm. If you're a casual contact, I think at this stage you just behave like nothing even Mm. happened. Um, But this is going to have implications as the the spread takes hold because we're not limiting in the workplace. And it doesn't amuse me, it scares me because arguably you spend more time at with the people at work in close setting than you do with people at home. Mm. Yes, it's particularly if you have teenagers. <laughs> yes. Well, they're not in the same room. They're no, they're their never own, in the same room. <laughs> lie in their own filth in their own space. But they do occasionally come out. Yes. I know. So, it is, it's interesting. But I can understand the rationale. If, if we did still continue to isolate everybody that had been in contact with somebody, mm. the whole it's a lockdown again. Yep. Really, um, and so the economy is struggling as it is, and so this is a way to try and keep the economy ticking along and to support businesses. Um, the other issue that we have is if you uh, with with the leave scheme now. So if you that's why we have ten sick days 
um, from last year yep. is so that people can, you know, can take time off and still be paid. But if you've used up all your sick leave and you've used up all your annual leave um, just for being a close contact and then you don't present with any symptoms, mm-hmm. you've just wasted all that leave. Um, and that's something that the businesses have to pay out. At least this way they're not having to pay out for unnecessary yeah, seclusion. True. Yes. Um, but it, it's going to become one of those things that um, – Hands up who hasn't had COVID. It's going to unfortunately be the way. Well, they reckon, I think I heard something on the news on Friday, 50% of the population are going to end up getting it, mm. um, which is remarkably low. I, mm. I thought it would be more than that. Um, regardless, the economy is struggling and this will not bring things back to normal. The, mm. the people are still scared to go out. They're they still uh, well, hesitant to pers- participate mm. in things like hospitality in mm. particular. Um, I know uh, Tamaki Makoro, Auckland have, have suffered arguably the the hardest mm. through all of this and they're saying they're not going to make it out the other side of this because of the hesitancy and because of the limits um, and the, the vaccine mandates and passes. Uh, are we hearing that locally or are yeah. we a bit more resilient? No, it's definitely hitting us here now as well um, because I think a lot of it is, is um, the hesitancy. People are scared. Mm. They don't um, want to catch it but they don't want to, you know, especially when it, what we had the close contact um, process of anyone could end up having to to isolate it, put a lot of people into a a bit of a um, cautious mode. Mm. But also um, people don't have the disposable income that they used to. And we've gone through so many lockdowns now. I don't know about you, but I've bought a coffee machine. (laughs) So um, so people are – it's never as good as the cafe, though. Oh, I make pretty good coffee. No, it's not, I have to say. I still do go out and support our local businesses, absolutely. Yep. You've just increased your um, consumption I've rate. just increased my consumption. I've got the jitters Why you're all shaking? The, right, I the all the time. Um, but, but that's just the reality. And with inflation, the cost of living, inf- um, interest rates going up, there's just not the disposable income out there that mm. there was um, two years ago. So 2020 was really bizarre because we expected a massive recession and then we had this boom yes. because uh, people that did have some money in the bank that would have gone overseas brought a new car yeah. or went shopping spent and locally. spent it all locally. Mm. Uh, those people don't necessarily have the money anymore or they're sitting on it yes. just in case. Um, so that that's one factor. Uh, and... We are working from home. Yeah, you know, like I, I am working from home half the time now, and Me a too. lot of other people are as well. And so they're not in CBD um, settings. Wellington is a prime um, example, but it's definitely happening in Fielding and Palmerston North and all of the other places. Um, there's just not as many people yep. there to pop out and have lunch or have a drink after work. Or mm. um, so it's very concerning, and, and our small businesses are really struggling. So. It's a catch-22. I really do want to stress, please support your local businesses. And it kind of feels like a broken record and everybody sort of rolls their eyes at it. But it's really, really important at the moment because those people support our economy. They employ our locals. And without them, it's pretty dire. Uh, not only am I not a science person, I'm not an economy person either. Um, you have more uh, experience in this area than I do. But the the interest rates, I always get confused mm. with rates going up and down because um, it depends whether you owe money or have money. Mm. Um, but generally, what can we expect with this? Because it's quite a large hike, isn't mm. it, mm. Uh, mm. in the interest rates that the Reserve Bank yep. yeah, have, have um, put in place? What, what are going to be the, the, sort of the obvious impact? Applications for your SMEs mm. and maybe the employees mm. as well. Uh, so, with 
the the OCR official cash rate going back up to one percent. That is where it sat in twenty twenty when we went into lockdown, and it was wound all the way back down to zero point two five percent. That is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually when we've had recessions in the past, interest rates have actually already been quite high and the way to curb um, inflation has actually been drop the interest rates to help the, stimulate the economy. The problem is now our house prices are ridiculous. So they, did they drop it too far then? Is that why um, everything just went down? A lot of economists have said, said that. So or they overcompensated. They overcompensated, but also they probably went a little bit too soon uh-huh. and they haven't raised them quickly enough after right. the fact. And is that why house prices are ridiculous now? But partly because a lot of people that um, just all of a sudden had all of this magical equity in their properties were borrowing against that for consumables. Mm-hmm. So um, topping it up to buy a new car or to go on a holiday or do renovations that they would not normally have been able to do because they didn't have that kind of equity. So it's ballooned the housing market. So uh, once again, uh, the separation between the haves and the have-nots got a bit bigger. Absolutely. Splendid. Right, yep. that makes me happy. Yeah. So if you do have money in the bank, which not a lot of people do anymore, <laughs> um, it's great. Yep. All of a sudden you can earn interest again because um, even <laughs> – yeah, there was no interest pumping into term deposits or anything like that. But for for mortgage rates, it's quite scary. And what we have to be very mindful of is if you have a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage and interest rates go up by one percent, one full percent, that's another eight hundred dollars a month. So this is what, what we are looking at. What? Wait, what? Ha, ha. An extra eight hundred dollars mm. a month mm. on top of what you were yep. probably paying. La- yep. So um, some of us were lucky enough to lock in our interest rates at 2.5% a a couple of years ago. But if they're starting to come off now, um, we're sitting between 35 to 4.5% now, which is still really low. Like, don't get me wrong. When I bought my house, it was – they were a lot higher than that. It would be lower. It would be low if the house prices were reasonable. Yes. But they are not. But – Adrian Orr, the the um, governor of the Reserve Bank, has made predictions that by uh, twenty twenty late twenty twenty three, early twenty twenty four, interest rates will be back up to about six percent, six and a half, which again is in the long term um, for you know history of yeah, yeah. of interest rates is still relatively normal. Yeah, it's just a giant leap from two and a half percent. So, so is any of this going to bring house prices down? I mean, if if people just can't afford houses, yep. surely the market's got to crash. It, it won't crash. Please I don't say think, it'll crash. Uh, I need to buy a house. Yeah, I don't think it will crash because there's still demand. Mm. Um, but it will slow things down, and um, particularly for property investors because they rely on the equity to buy more property. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to really, really impact our first home buyers. Yeah. You. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, because already the, the lending requirements from banks um, that were implemented in December have really put a kibosh on a lot of people's dreams. Yeah. They are being reviewed at the moment, so hopefully that um, sort of eases well, a little if bit. if they would at least try and offer a 10% mortgage, some people mm. would be able to get in there, but the criteria for a 10% mortgage is is, is so tight mm. that, you know, mm. ironically people can't even afford the 10%. But even then you've got to remember that in 2007-8 when the global financial crisis happened, this is when um, 5 or 10% deposits or 0% deposits mm. mortgages were around, and um, if you lose 10% equity in your Property, then you are stuffed. Yep. So that's why the banks have done this and why the um, Reserve Bank. Um, and so um, I would love to say that there's um, hope on the horizon, but this is just a, a thing that we're going to have to weather the storm. Yep. It's just one of those 
inevitabilities of a, a ridiculous boom, there has to be some levelling out, and it just might mean that it might take a couple more years for for people to be able to afford. And, well, well, for salaries to catch up or yeah. for the market to calm down, well, not calm down, cool down, freeze, mm. melt. Um, the Obviously, the interest rates are one part of it, and you did mention supply is the other issue because there is just – so much demand out there that houses are still selling. Uh, ludicrous though it may seem. Um, are we seeing any development in Manawatu on a scale that might actually help us locally or mm. is it still people just subdividing and trying to put some units in? Yeah, in Fielding there's been a, a massive subdivision that started a couple of years ago. It's, it's called Precinct 4 which is if you know Fielding is sort of that Farazin Street end of town and it's Street End. Yeah. Um, there were 1,700 sections that were subdivided in that area so the, the infill in there is going gangbusters. It's yeah. just so many houses. So that's that the reason we can't find tradies anyway. Yeah, and that's also the reason why Fielding High School has 1,800 students now. There's a whole lot of more, more people living there. Um, and just outside of our district, um, into Rangitike, Ohakia's expansion um, has meant that Bulls is seeing a big subdivision of about 200 properties there. Wow. So so there is a but lot. But again, that's because Ohakia has yes. expanded, so we're going to get more soldiers and their families here. It's not going to help the local issue. Yeah, uh, It will to a certain degree because mm. there's not that many okay. um, soldiers coming. So, so there is growth. Um, and our housing market is slowly catching up with this um, demand. Mm-hmm. Supply is just about there. Um, but supply issues are going to be the big thing. Jib. There's yes. No jib. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, splendid. <laughs> is, is there any positive news? I mean, Kim Bolton Sculpture Festival, that was something mm-hmm. that um, NPR was going to be involved in. We were going to help with the staging and the, the entertainment there. Uh, news in last week that they have decided to cancel, not mm-hmm. postpone. And, and you can't blame them because mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, the original modelling was that we'd peak with cases in March and now we're into April and probably be May at some mm-hmm. point as well. Um, but inter- kind of interesting that they've chosen to cancel, not at least try and postpone at least once um, because they couldn't couldn't do it last year or did mm. they they, they did last year, it was the year before. Year before, yeah. uh, it's a biannual event. Um, but it's a shame because the whole impetus around this sculpture festival was more of a, a response to mental health issues mm. in our rural communities and our farmers and giving them a chance to be creative and bring them together. Mm. Uh, it's just, you know, ballooned into a massive sculpture festival now, but very much on that mental health space, which quite frankly is probably at an all-time low mm. right now. Mm. I know. It is It's incredibly sad. And every time that these sorts of things cancel, um, I just my heart goes out to the organisers because most people that go to an event have absolutely no idea how much time and effort, money, um, yes. blood, sweat and tears go into these sorts of events. Um, and with the Combatant Sculpture Festival, that, that's a, a group of amazing volunteers with a lead by Tony War that just does amazing work collectively. So it's, it is very heartbreaking. But hey, let's hope that um, the next year get your, your creative on and mm. create something for next year's event because um, – for goodness sake, April next year better be all right. <laughs> oh, well, let's see what happens in Europe. Yes. Um, one other thing uh, we should mention, um, a little bit of a sort of Fano self-promotion here, uh, Fielding Art Society, um, which are also going kind of gangbusters yes. at the moment. they got a new CE yep. or manager. Manager, yep, um, And she's obviously, when, when you get someone new to a position, the enthusiasm just knocks mm. up a gear and you find yourself a few more things happening. Uh, including uh, liaising with your father. Yes. So um, my dad is an artist. His name's Colin Hoare, and he has a um, 
a studio at Square Edge in Palmerston North, but he does live in Fielding. And um, Karis has convinced him to do some art classes, which is fantastic. And so, um, does does your does Colin have a, a a style that people might be able to identify with? That might uh, you know, if people are already artists but want to try something mm. different. His specialty is portraits. Okay, um, and um, he goes through different phases of style. Um, he did a black and white phase when I in my early twenties, and then he decided that he wanted to do uh, pen and ink drawing. And at the moment, uh, and and um, palette knife drawing with a uh, painting with. Um, with um, acrylics and all sorts of all sorts of different stuff, so um, he has been an artist his whole life, but um, and also was a sign writer by trade before he retired, and he still does a bit of that as well. Uh, and his philosophy is anyone can draw, anyone can paint. Uh, he's been trying to impart that on me a lot over my life, and hey, I can draw fine, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, it's all about self-expression. Yep. Uh, it's just like anyone can sing, maybe not in tune and well, but anyone can sing. Um, and anyone sing to the beat of your own drum. Exactly, and anyone can draw and anyone can paint. And it is definitely about mental health. Mm. It's about just um, calming yourself and focusing on something um, that is um, positive. So um, head along to Fielding Art Society's website um, and Facebook page and just have a look at when the times are. That's just, just underway planning sessions at the moment. We are here with Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion looking at uh, what's happening in the Manawatu District. Uh, if you would like to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your online listening. Uh, with a few minutes uh, remaining, what is uh, Fielding and District Promotion doing currently in the space of sort of, you know, encouraging domestic tourism or, or supporting businesses, because that's another big mm. part of what you do. Supporting businesses is our biggest, biggest focus at the moment. Um, drumming up um, regional tourism is is a tricky subject at the moment because we will have all seen over the last few weeks, nobody's going anywhere. Mm. Um, but we are definitely working on some promotion around that, um, about really showcasing our district um, and fielding to to the locals and to the wider um, country. So yep. just watch the space there. But support for businesses, um, we are always here. So I've had quite a lot of phone calls in the last couple of weeks, just um, people needing clarity about what on earth is going on yes. um, or just needing a friendly ear. So that's what we're here for. If you just need a chat, um, a cup of tea or um, a gin, um, then <laughs> give me a bell because um, sometimes – You have gin? I always have gin. Ooh. Hey, but also I know the good places to get the gin, like uh-huh. the strong room and other places around. Um, but, yeah, lean on us. This is what we're here for, and it's free. Mm. Free. Free service. Um, how are things going with Jerry Shearman at CEDA? Because yeah. I don't know if we've spoken to you since we've spoken to him, but we interviewed him and, and found out a bit about him. And, and he's he, he seems quite open to that sort of collaborative Absolutely. model. You, no yep. one need reinvent the wheel. You know, what are you all doing? How can we support type deal? Mm. Is, that, is that the impression you're Absolutely, getting? Absolutely, yep. We've always, um, well, since, I've, since I started at FTP two years ago, we have um, collaborated with CEDA on many different um, projects. But um, Jerry's fantastic. Really, um, we get along very well. And um, and it's been really great to see some initiative in um, having a bit more visibility in the Manawatu district. So Matthew Jeans, one of their business um, growth advisors, uh, worked from our office last Thursday and is going to do that on a regular basis to make sure that there's a bit more visibility. Um, I know, Matthew. Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot more um, um, a lot more collaboration between ourselves and the Chamber of Commerce as well. So what, I mean, is that going to mean 
more promotion of the domestic market, more workshops and seminars and support for businesses? What can we see the main things? What, 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 where's the, the area of growth that we is, is identified to yeah. make sure more businesses don't shut down? Because mm. some will. Mm. Some will. Um, and unfortunately, and some have. Some have. And, and there are some that can be saved and unfortunately some that can't, mm-hmm. which is just um, really heartbreaking. Uh, from the domestic tourism market, um, Cedar's marketing team and, and, and my marketing and media um, manager are working collaboratively on um, content um, to push it out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the business webinars and support and what have you, that's where we will be leaning on each other with our expertise because there's actually a regional economic development advisors group from the whole Horizons region, from all the way from Ruapehu down to Horofenua, um, Wanganui and Tararua. Um, and we all uh, get together quarterly and chat mm-hmm. um, but we're also now starting to share our resources so um, we created a, a biz chat last year called business continuity planning um, we've got another a few in the pipeline to be pumping out soon and we're going to just share that stuff yeah. because each individual person that works in the space has their own expertise and um, we don't all know everything and so making sure that, that network is really really tight that when we get a question we don't know the answer to we know where to go to find it yeah very good. Yes. Uh, so lots to look forward to in the hell that will be 2022. Uh, but there will be some light at the end of that particular tunnel. Oh, you're a rugby family. I am. Uh, on we Friday, are. we heard the news of Inga the Winger. Yeah, very uh, Passing sad. away. Oh, 52. I know, so young. Um, being a rugby family, I mean, how important was he to the sport? Because he, he uh, transitioned from union to league yes. as well, didn't he? So he, he uh, was a winger. Um, so those of you that know rugby will understand what I'm talking about. Those that don't, just um, hum along. Uh, <laughs> it's New Zealand. We uh, all know roughly what's yes, going on. So my my husband has played senior A rugby for 23 years and has been a winger um, most of his rugby career. And he loved Inga the Winger when oh, he was okay. a kid. Um, and oh, everyone did. Mm-hmm. It was so influential. He's like Jonah. Like those, Well, he was Jonah before Jonah. Jonah before Jonah. He um, did really revolutionise that and and – just How to of, get people to bounce off you. Absolutely broke the mould of what a traditional winger was, mm. um, that it was not just necessarily about those long-legged um, lanky guys. Yeah. It was about strength and vision. A very fast brick wall. Yeah, yeah. He was a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic rugby player. So um, very, very sad. So young. And, and a mentor to the Polynesian community yeah, as well. Absolutely. I mean, there will be many in the Samoan and wider Pacific communities that will be um, genuinely grieving over mm, this mm. Um, because, you know, you know what it's like when you have someone that represents your culture being so successful. Mm. You latch on to that. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, that was the sad news of Friday. Anyway, we are uh, out of time. Um, just remind us, if people want to get in touch with you, mm. how do they do that? So our website is fielding.co.nz and all of our contact details are on the Contact Us page. Mm-hmm. And my email is just manager at fieldingpromotion.co.nz. Marvellous. There we go. Wendy Carr from Fielding and District Promotion. Thank you for joining us on the catch-up this morning. Thank you. And uh, coming up for the rest of this week, we're speaking to Pauline Nijman uh, from the School of Veterinary Science uh, and also involved in Wild Base uh, on Tuesday at half past eight. On Wednesday, we may be catching up with Jimmy Ellingham from uh, Radio New Zealand, although he, I think, is going to be...
going to be down in Wellington reporting on the illegal occupation, as I like to call it. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, catching up with Alicia Rutherford on Thursday and on Friday, we will be speaking to MP for Rangitiki, Ian McKelvey. Make sure you join us for all of those half past eight every morning here on MPR. Uh, so if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up back tomorrow. Bye for now. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.